And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Ed and Bob Show, number 180. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And you and you and you. Who, me, you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Brantley. We are back again, ladies and gentlemen, the Eddie Bob Show. I'm Bob. That guy right there, that guy over there sitting on the uh, the big chair there in the corner with the microphone, that's Ed Brantley. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Live and in person. There we go. All right, we have number 180 going on. We're almost to the end of March, and we're glad you're joining us. We've had uh, a lot of people like the last show, which we're glad about. And this one, I hope you'll like just as much. So uh, how, how's everything in the Brantley household? Well, we're, we're getting by. We're going on. You know, it's just a, uh, it's, it's a beautiful time of year. And uh, it, it's, it's surprising that my wife is thinking about building a house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? No, not for me. I'm 76 years old. <laughs> it's either exciting or it's deadly. One yeah, the other. that's true. One the other. And, and, and your favorite time of the year has already begun, Ed. We're into daylight savings time. Woohoo! That's it. There you go. We're going to have more fun. We're going to get dark at 9 o'clock later on. And it, it's wonderful. I know you're happy. Spring is oh, here. Oh, I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. Spring is in the air. I wish they'd just pick one and stick with it, you know? No, we like to keep you hopping, figuring there it out. There you go. Going, Wait a minute, do I need to set this forward or am I going back? I can't. Anyway, there you go. Okay, there you go. All right, let's get it started. We like to look back uh, this time, back in our history, because, you know, if we don't keep track of what we did in the past, we may very well do it all over again. So let's look back on some things that happened this week back in our history. What do you got? All right, and well, of course, March 23rd, 1775, what every high school kid remembers, Patrick Henry declares, give me, give Liberty. me, Liberty. yeah, <laughs> or, or give me give death. Him. Which one did I give him? Death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be careful yeah. what you ask for, you might get it. You got that right. <laughs> Well, bless his heart. It, it sounds funny this far past, but uh, back yeah. then he was probably not too excited about it. Mm. Well, this is exciting right here, Ed. Uh, this uh, week in 1857, Alicia Otis, I don't know if that's a man or woman, I'm guessing it's a man, installed the first elevator at 488 Broadway in New York. And that is, I've been in New York at that building. Um, God, I was trying to think of the name of the building. It's like the Washaw building or something, but they took that elevator out. The first one they put in, it was only a five-story building. They took the elevator out. If it's the first elevator, leave it there. Yeah. Leave it alone. Charge admission. Exactly. Put it's up a out, sign. It's mm -hmm. on the historic uh, register or whatever they have of important mm -hmm. places, but the daggone thing's gone. Wow. So anyway, yeah. there you go. There you go. We'd be charging. Back. We're always thinking about how we make a buck off of it, aren't we? <laughs> you got that Five right. dollars, you received that first <laughs> elevator. <laughs> what else March, we got? March 24, 1958, Elvis Presley joins the U.S. Army. That was a big deal. Did he protect the country? Did he do any military stuff? I think he went to Germany. 
Yeah, but did he do any? Did he go to the front lines? And he... No, I, I don't think there was a front line in '58. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that was a kind of a good thing to do. You know, well, it sure made a lot of press. It made him look famous, didn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he was an old country boy, Mississippi, Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. He, 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 mom and dad, Vernon, and uh, I forgot what his mom's name was. You know, you, that's what you did. You went and joined the army if they drafted you, and he got drafted, and there you go. So, well, he, of course, he, he could have gotten out of the draft, but I, I bet the yeah. colonel didn't want him to. You remember the super tanker Exxon Valdez that ran around in Alaska's Prince William Sound? That was in 1989. Remember that? Yeah, that was in 89. Wow. Yeah, millions of gallons of oil spilled. I think they still have problems from that. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. That's what. That's 34 years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I got one for you. Ed. March 25th, 1970, the Concorde jet made its first supersonic flight. That is a plane that went from England to New York and it would fly, if I'm not mistaken, you correct me if I'm wrong, you're the airplane guy, it would go like 15, what did 1500 miles an hour? Yeah, it was, it was uh, faster than the speed of sound. <laughs> it was moving on and there were two of them or I think or three of them yeah. or something like that. Yeah, France had one, Britain had one and, and of course there's not any of them around now. And I've brought this up before. Do you think, A, we need supersonic flight, commercial flights, or B, do you think there will ever be supersonic commercial flights again? Well, I think there will be, but uh, right now, you know, it's not feasible financially. Um, there's not enough people on there. They won't, you know, if you have to charge each, each passenger $25,000, you're not going to have a lot of room. So... A lot of passengers, anyway, I wouldn't think. Is it because it uses a lot of fuel, or what's? Why no, it, it's small. It's like a, it's like a it's it's like an aerial. You know, there's not a lot of not a lot of space in it. it oh, you're sitting okay. you're sitting close to your neighbor. There's only I think four seats in each row, and you're getting on with it. You know. But now you could be uh, from England to New York in like four hours. Ninety minutes, I think. Whoa, that is crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like a Federal Express. It's for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you got to be there, you got to be there. That's right. <laughs> All right, what else you got? <laughs> well, Coca-Cola was invented in 1886 on March 29th. There well, wasn't like any. Coca-Cola. I do, too. And, uh, of course, the first ambulance went into service in 1866. Do you remember when funeral homes did the ambulance services? I do. Yeah, I do, too. You remember you'd see a, a, a stretch, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, going down the road to a wreck, and then the next day the same thing would be used to take somebody's casket over to the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> what if they had all that blood in them? Well, I don't think they have blood in them. I don't know, but I got to know some of those guys. They were they were real neat neat people. But that's you know they they were not they were not trained in medicine at all, so they didn't have any first aid to speak of. I mean, they no, just they put just, you on a no. They put you on a stretcher and put you in the back and, and there you go. Get you to the hospital. Here we go. Oh God, <laughs> that is crazy. Um, the infamous. Um, image that 
so many people, well, I, to you and I, our generation, maybe not the younger generation, of the American Marines raising the uh, flag over the uh, over Iwo Jima was on this week in 1945. And wow. you know, the the, uh, the statue of that is in Washington, D.C. When I was a kid on a field trip with the safety patrol, that's the one, you know when you buy these little souvenir things or just little small versions of it? Mm -hmm. That's the one I wanted, and I bought it. I remember I sat on my desk in my bedroom when I was uh, in high school and elementary school, elementary high school, um, and I just... That picture always touched me, meant something to me. Mm -hmm. Did it to you? Did it that? that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. All right, what else? Really good. All right. Okay, ether was used for an anesthesia for the first time at uh, Dr. Crawford Lung in Georgia on doctor's seat. Well, that was in 1842 on March 30th. I wouldn't so what want I do ether. before then? I chew on that or bite on this? Yeah, hold this, hold this leather in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My mother, told me that she, my mother told me she had ether in the hospital yeah. birthing me. So that they used it either up into the 40s, I guess. So it's, wow. it's a, it makes you sick, I think. Oh, does it? Yeah. Well, I think now it's only used in uh, panel vans by uh, uh, perverted men. Uh, <laughs> I like this. In 1909, on this week in 1909, fingerprints were used as evidence in a murder trial for the very first time. How about that? Wow. And then that was the thing until all of a sudden DNA came along. And DNA mm -hmm. came along in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, and that changed everything, you know. Although I don't think there's, you know, two sets of uh, fingerprints that it's the same, I don't think. You know, you are a property guy. March 30th in 1867, the United States buys Alaska from Russia for $7.2 million. Ooh, I'll take that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why would Russia sell us Alaska? And I didn't really recall that Russia previously owned Alaska. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why they would sell it to us, but it was, it was a good buy. I mean, we got a lot of oil out of it. Now we can't get it to the down to the forty-eight, but it's a lot, of, a lot of good things about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was eighteen sixty-seven. Wow! Why yeah. would they wish they hadn't have done that? Yeah. Uh, one of uh, mine and Ed's. Uh, when you get older, this is the thing you do. You watch Jeopardy. It started in uh, this weekend. <laughs> 1964, <laughs> Jeopardy. Let's go to Double Jeopardy, Ed. Was Pat Sajak the host back then? You know, I don't know. Probably Merv Griffin or something. I don't know. Yeah, somebody. What else? What about them? Well, let's see. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about COVID, but it, uh, the Eiffel Tower opened in Paris on March 31st. Did you go up in the Eiffel Tower? I'm sure you did. No, they wouldn't let me up there with the day that we went. Why is that? Well, I don't know. They had, they had some shipping. problem on the elevator or something. So, or maybe we just got there late. You know, didn't didn't couldn't get in on it. I, I've been underneath the Eiffel Tower. You know, you walk around and um, it's it's an incredible thing to see. I mean, you see it all over uh, town there in uh, in Paris. But um, was it was it for like a 
some exhibition. Why was I don't recall why it was built. I'm sure my wife knows, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure. And the guy that that designed it was Eiffel. And well, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, there you go, Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. Kind of a cool thing. If you've never seen it, go on over and see it. <laughs> <laughs> What else do you want to talk about from history? Well, you've already talked about daylight savings time. Yeah. It went First in. time in 1918. I didn't know it was that long ago. I thought it was like 1960 when that started. Yeah, I thought so too. But you know, back then, didn't it just, it was just ever, it was because of the war, because of the war. I don't know. I have no idea. That's a good thing for you to look up, researcher. I will, I will look it up, and what we're going to do, Ed, is we're going to move along to our questions of the day, and Mr. Brantley is, is going to tell us all about what uh, his question is for us. Well, Bob, I'm going to ask this. Who is responsible to raise your children? Well, um, something that has been lost is the fact that if you uh, are going to have relationships with either, uh, you know, a man or woman are going to have a relationship and, and, and have, and she gets pregnant, that's the uh, result of uh, something you've done and you're either you're going to have to um, have responsibilities. Um, and I, I think it's it should be both parents, although I think in our generation, Ed, it was um, really the mom that did most of the parenting. Dad did the uh, discipline. Am I wrong? Well, my mother was a good disciplined person. So <laughs> it, <laughs> That's hilarious. She says, Go out there and get me, go out in the yard and get me a switch. Oh, God, <laughs> I've, done, I've, I've, had uh, I've experienced that. You're right, you're right. Yeah, so it, it, uh, it I don't know if it makes any difference, but it was nice to have both of them at home, and today that's not so big deal. And in today's world, you know, you have you could have two men or two women raising the family. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's, it's a whole different thing. Well, I think, I, I think it, it takes the parents. The parents have to make great decisions to worry about the schooling of the child. Because schools, the kid for nine months out of the year at least, eight hours a day is not with either parent. Or not eight hours, but oh, it would be a, you know, eight in the morning until three, so that'd be like, um, you know, a good seven hours, I guess. Um, so um, teachers are a big part of that too. Absolutely. Neighbors, yeah. grandparents. Well, that's true. Grandparents are big, or should be a big part of it, or they used to be. And uh, your neighbors. Um, how often did uh, the, the lady next door watch, watch you while your parents went and, and did something and uh, you were expected to behave? <laughs> or else. Or else. Yeah, or but, else. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to your dad and mom when they get home. Yeah, or else. All right, so uh, I've got a question for you, Ed. Okay, boss. And when I came up with this question, I asked myself the question, and it was it really struck me 
I, I wasn't sure I knew the answer. If you were a homeless person and you're living on the street, what would be the one thing you possess that you have that you would just you, you really needed to have you couldn't you know it was, it was what your most important thing that you owned what would it be a gun <laughs> you're being a little facetious there yeah i know it well i think uh uh you know, the homeless community on the streets has certainly changed. I see it on the internet all the time. And, and it, these people don't want to work. They don't, they want to be homeless. They're living in tents and these tent cities and old RVs. And it's just destroying America. It's the drugs, I think, that's making this happen. But they're, they're like zombies or something. But I hope I'm not never a zombie and I hope I'm never homeless. Sure. But, I mean, you know, if you were, what would be the one thing you would think that you'd say, man, I'm so glad I got this, whatever this is? Well, I mean, I finally came up with my, what mine is. And if you want me to give you mine so you can think. Yeah, go ahead. Mine. Okay, and I sat there and asked my wife about this. And the more I thought about it, the one thing I thought would be the most important to me would have a, be a good pair of shoes. <laughs> That's probably because, true. Because, you know, if homeless people, do, if anything, they do a lot of walking mm -hmm. all the time, wherever mm -hmm. they're going. And um, if you don't have something good for your feet, uh, that would be miserable. And I just think a pair of shoes, and it made me think, do the homeless people around here have access to getting a good pair of shoes. And I went in my closet and took a lot of shoes out that we're going to take down to, um, you know, for Salvation Army. Well, good but, for you. But that was kind of my thought. So what, what, mm -hmm. what do you think now that you've kind of seen where I'm coming from? Well, I would think that, I would think first of all, I would, it depends on where you're homeless. If you're homeless in Philadelphia, you're going to need a warm blanket and a tent or something to live in. If you're homeless in California, you probably don't need the blanket so much. Right. So, so I think the, the environmental conditions certainly have something to do with it. Well, when I thought about this, I even thought about what you started a long time ago with Coats for the Cold, because that basically is providing all of them with one thing they really, really need was be mm -hmm. a warm coat. And you did that. But I also, and when I thought about that, I thought what you just said, I thought maybe it's a blanket. Maybe always having a blanket. So you can never, I mean, I don't, everybody likes a blanket on their bed or when you're watching TV, you know, the wife mm -hmm. pulls a blanket out of the, the uh, closet or something and wraps it around her and, and blankets with it before, like what you just said. So I think because blankets, warm coats, they give you comfort and they make you feel, I don't know, not safe, but better. Absolutely. So, anyway. Yeah. All right, tell everybody what the topic of the day, Ed, is, and then uh, we'll uh, let hear your sponsor. All right, we're going to talk about non-custodial parents. Uh, what can they do when the other parent moves out of state and two people are in charge of the child and... It kind of gets confusing sometimes, I think. Anyway, my uh, sponsor is Weigel's Kitchen. 
I know you didn't think Weigel's had a kitchen, but they all do, and they've got a great product out there right now. It's dipping chicken. Dipping chicken. Why is it dipped? It's never frozen. It's hand breaded and fried to perfection. The dipping chicken is made fresh to order when you order it. So it, you don't, it's not sitting there under a heat lamp and it's not back there in some refrigerator and it's not, it's not wrapped in some plastic or anything like that. It is cooked, made fresh to order when you go into Weigel's. So it's never frozen, hand breaded, fried to perfection, dip and chicken. Try it out. I'm telling you, we're getting rave reviews about this. It's really good chicken. And there's seven amazing sauces to choose from. Some of the sauces include uh, Weigel's Hot Hot Honey, <laughs> Honey Mustard. Hot Hot Honey. I hot think, Hot Honey. That I sounds like I a girl I met. I was 20. Yeah, she, where was she? <laughs> I remember her, Fulton High School, wasn't it? Hot Hot Honey. <laughs> Honey mustard, Caribbean jerk, to buffalo, and barbecue. So from chicken to burgers to barbecue, the way it's grilled cheese, whatever you want, Weigel's Kitchen has it. And it's priced right, and it's very, very convenient. You're making so, my, uh, my mouth water here just thinking about that. That's I'm going to have some dipping chicken tomorrow. I'm having it too, buddy. Rights of non-custodial parents. What can they do if the other parent moves out of state, this is our topic of the day, and I don't think there's going to be a solution to this, or a right, or a wrong, or whatever, but we're going to talk about it, and um, let's start with you, Mr. Brantley. What, what's, if a, if a, a parent, they, two parents get uh, divorced, and they, uh, their child, uh, they argue over who's going to be uh, in charge of what the child does, and who the child is going to live with. And then all of a sudden they get that call and says, you know, we're moving to Oklahoma. For <laughs> and you, the other parent, it crushes them because that means I'm not going to see my, I was already having, only seeing them on the weekends mm -hmm. every once in a while. And now how am I going to see them at all? And uh, sometimes I think a parent does that out of spite. They, they will get remarried or something, and they, they're, they're thrilled that they're moving away so that yeah. the other parent yeah. is just out of their life. And not just the other parent, but the grandparents, too. Oh, yeah. it, changes, it changes drastically just overnight. So the custodial parent is the child's primary caregiver. So it's common for them to have sole custody, giving them sole authority over the child-related decisions. Mm -hmm. And most of the parenting time, too. But, you know, you could reach a sole custody agreement or even a joint custody agreement and name the custodial care if it's possible. So, you know, you, one benefit of being a custodial parent is that you get to spend a lot one-on-one -on -one time with your child. Another is you likely avoid paying child support. So this non-custodial parent is paying child support, doesn't get to see the children except periodically or child, and then if the parent marries or gets a job out of town, Oklahoma, someplace, they're going to move. And so what happens to you? If you get along well enough with your ex, you might be able to co-parent so you can split these responsibilities evenly between the both of you. But if they move across the country, who's going to pay for the airfare? How are you going to get there? Yeah. I mean, that's some tough questions. You know, I, I researched this, and some states are now... Um, because, well, because the world is smaller in a sense that uh, people can take a job in another state and, you know, you can fly there and this, that, and the other. A lot of states are now have rules, if you will, 
to specify a time frame in which the custodial parent must give the non-custodial parent notice of their intent to move. And then they, with that notice being given, the non-custodial parent is then giving, given a time frame in which to contest the move with the court and saying, hey, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, well, my child ripping them out of their school and moving them away is going to be harmful to them. Here's the reason they should now start living with me. And so some states, not all, are doing that. I'm laughing because it's, it's you know, actually it's a divorce that causes all this. And when that happens, yeah. the husband and the wife don't like each other anymore. So they're not going to sit down without, you know, on the table and say, well, honey, I'll tell you what, you take the, for, for the first <laughs> six weeks and I'll take the second six weeks and it'll work out. And, you know, the next thing you know, there are lawyers involved and lawsuits and, and the kid loses during all of this, don't you think? No question. That's why, you know, like, for example, Judge Irwin, I've been in Judge Irwin's court before. And the first thing, when they come in there with a child who is having troubles and the two parents are divorced and they're coming there blaming each other, first thing he tells both parents is, I don't care about either one of you all. I only care about that child sitting right there and we're going to help them. But you two need to get your act together because I don't care <laughs> about you. I care about this child and we're going to help this child out. But I think you're exactly right. Once a divorce happens, then it becomes a competition. Well, I gotta, I'm going to get back at them or I got to one up them or some kind of crap. And, and the only, the, the one person that has nobody speaking for him is a child who's sitting there and, and doesn't, doesn't, is just an observer almost then, but yet is the one that is the most affected. Yeah. And, and I found, and from experience too, but I have found that uh, the non-custodial parent most of the time just gives up and takes whatever they can get because if you, if you raise too much hell over it, you won't get anything. And if the custodial parent isn't allowing visits, that doesn't give you the right to stop paying child support. So you have to, then you have to go to family court to see what they can do to enforce the order. Uh, and you have the right to know if a custodial parent intends to do intends to move. And, and what it, it, it's, a, it's a real issue. It's, it's probably easier just to give up and go along with it, you know? You know, the one thing, and, and you and I are both are involved in this, the one thing I think that when you're going through it, you don't realize is that it's not forever. Uh, although it feels like, well, this is forever. Your child will eventually turn 18. And when they turn 18, they can do whatever they want. And if the custodial parent has managed to subliminally turn you turn that child against the non-custodial parent at least at 18 the non-custodial parent that has been given a black eye by the other can salvage themselves and and eventually you know the, you, you never know at that point there's you know you got 30 40 50 years or more to 
uh, have a relationship with that child and the hell with the other parent. Mm -hmm. so, That's I, true. But it, is it easy? Hell no. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's awful. awful. It, I'll tell you what, it, it, I would say that it's better to stay married. <laughs> Even though, you know, sleep in different rooms, get a second house, do something. But, you know, it's better than doing this. It really is. This is well, it's the way this is set up. It's absolutely horrible for the child and horrible for at least one of the parents, if not both of them. But so in this generation that we're having kids now, they, they it's me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. They don't give a damn, and they really don't give a damn about the other parent now. But they, the child is second place, yeah, for the most part. It's not first place. It's me. What am I gonna do now? Am I gonna find somebody? I'm gonna get married now. Am I gonna have more kids? And I'm gonna have a meal. It's it's me, and it breaks your heart. I mean, and I don't know any answer. So. Oh, I don't know either. I really don't. I think this that would be a good opportunity for an app or something that could help do that. But I, you know, chances are there's so much animosity and hate between the non-custodial and the custodial parent that they're not going to they're not going to believe in it anyway so well having children is a huge it's the biggest responsibility you'll ever have in your life do not ever take it lightly mm -hmm. well there is a parent's bill of rights in the state of tennessee and the best interests of the child are the most important in consideration but as such, non-custodial parents have the following rights under the law, okay? Well, yeah, unimpeded, unimpeded telephone calls at least twice a week. Access to uncensored mail. Right to receive health information as soon as possible and within 24 hours for hospitalization, severe illness, or death of the child. I think that was, was to be paramount as of importance. The right to receive copies of the child's school records. The right to receive copies of the child's medical records. The right to be free from derogatory remarks about family members in the child's presence. <laughs> yeah, right. I hear right. you. <laughs> you believe that. Yeah. The, the right to at least 24 hours notice for extracurricular activities. <laughs> the right to know the details about when the other parent leaves the state with the child for more than two days. Right of access and participation in the child's education and other activities. So it, those are your rights. If you you know the Bill of Rights for Tennessee parents, and I think also there is a Grandparents Bill of Rights in Tennessee. I don't know. I didn't haven't seen it. I haven't found it, but I think there is. I don't know. Well, you know, but, here's the thing with those things you just went over. In. I've seen those rules broken a million times. Absolutely. And you know what the recourse is? What? Z zippity doo dah. <laughs> if you go to your lawyer and say, hey, they didn't do blah, blah, blah. Okay, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to go to the judge and tell them we're going to get them. Okay, we'll file yeah. that. Two months yeah. later, we'll get to court and a judge go, what are we What are we in court today about? Yeah. What? That happened? Yeah. Okay, don't do that anymore. Yeah. All right, thank you. And that'd be it. Yeah. You know, it's and, not like we're going to send them to jail to the gallows. 
Yeah. I think one of the problems too is uh, the custodial parent would take a child out of school and move to another neighborhood and another school. Yeah. And that child may be in a, a program at the previous school that, and, a, and athletics that they need to be involved in. Me, and me, it's me, just, me. Yeah, that's right. Me, me, me. <laughs> well, Bob, I'm glad that my kids are raised. <laughs> well, and, and that goes back again, you know, once they turn 18, it's almost like you start all over again if you want to. And, yeah. You know, if you're, I'm not saying, I mean, sometimes an Austin custodial parent, or a lot of times these days, doesn't give a damn anyway. No, oh, you true. got them? Good. You take care of them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'll send you true. some money. I was supposed to send you money. I'll send, oh, I didn't miss, this month I didn't have the money. But I'm going to send yeah. it to you next month and we're going to catch that up. And, and then it never happens. So, yeah. That no, that's going. true. All right, here we got to move on. If you don't mind, sir, tell everybody what's coming up. And then I got a sponsor of the day. All right. Uh, we're going to look at the mailbox and also uh, we're going to have some complaints and things. And who's your sponsor, Bob? My sponsor today, Ed, has been Lucky. I All right. The, I love this place because I'm saving money left and right. If you have not been to Ben Lucky, I don't know what you're waiting for. Because if you want to save money, this is the place. I mean, it, and some people have those eBay stores where you buy things for cheap and then you sell them on eBay for twice as much. This is your place, my friend. Those things that are sent back on Amazon, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, all these places, they don't go back for sale again. They are put into warehouses, piled up, and they're put on these trucks, and they're sold to people like Ben Lucky. It comes in. They never know what they're going to get on Wednesday and Thursday. They're put into the bins. Everything's brand new. Not, not used. They're all brand new. And it could be a $40 item. And it'll be on Friday, it's for sale for $8. Saturday, $6. Sunday, 4 If there's anything left Monday, it's 2 bucks. And if there's anything left in the stuff that shouldn't be left, it's uh, for sale for a dollar on Tuesday. That's where your eBay store people come in and they go and sell it for 5 bucks. Guess what? They just made 400% uh, profit. <laughs> uh, they're open all, uh, uh, every day except Wednesday and Thursday when they restock. 4426 Middlebrook Pike. Crossing the KB, KUB's substation there middlebrook pike get on by there it's one of them the most addictive shopping experiences in knoxville been lucky okay all right ed we've got some what you got there you got some mailbox yep Good. alice alice in crossville says boys have you ever been to bucky's yet Ooh. have you been there yet yes i have i've not been to bucky's is it really that or life-changing? I don't think so. It wasn't for me. It's, it's, it's like the world's biggest convenience store. So if you like candy and gum and all kinds of variety and that, you, you're going to like that. They've got some food available. Mostly what I saw was a long line of gas pumps. I mean, they've got enough gas pumps to refill all the trucks in Tennessee, I think. But it, it, uh, uh, it's different. It's something to see. Well, but now, okay, what's the deal with the bathrooms? Did you go in the bathrooms? Because evidently it, it's a big deal. Yeah, the bathrooms are supposed to be the cleanest bathrooms in the world, and oh. I guess they are, so I, I didn't go to the bathroom, so. Oh, Ed! <laughs> That's a whole deal, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's supposed to be the whole deal. You didn't go in to check out the bathrooms? No. Well, then no, you haven't been to Bucky's. I don't know. Well, I, if you hadn't been to the bathroom, you haven't been to Bucky's. That's a there good slogan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the first thing you do when you go to Bucky's is go to the bathroom. <laughs> hey, if I don't even need to go, I'm going. All right. 
Here's another one. Bo from Tallahassee. After Oklahoma and Texas enter the SEC, what would be the next two teams to be considered? Well, the SEC is going to add Oklahoma and Texas in, what is it, 2024, Ed? Yeah, two years, I think. Something like that. And uh, I've heard a lot of talk. I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I'll tell you who I think would be interesting, <coughs> but I think I can tell you also who I think would be most likely. You want to hear that, or you got an idea you want to jump No, go ahead. All right, I think, I think what would be most interesting is Clemson and Virginia. Mm -hmm. You know, we played Virginia in, um, or was it, no, we played Virginia in a ball game a couple years ago at Bristol, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. and it was a, a huge crowd. Big deal. And Clemson, my God, Clemson. Clemson, the SEC. Mm -hmm. But what I think is most likely, should it happen, although when they're at 16 is the most probably best for tournaments or whatever, playoffs. I think the most likely because of Florida is Florida State and Miami. Hmm. Um, I mean, that, those are kind of naturals. They're in the South. And they're both pretty good-sized schools. I mean, Florida State's won national championships. So mm -hmm. is Miami. So mm -hmm. wouldn't they be up there with the elite colleges? Well, yeah, I think I think so. And there's some new colleges now. They're even that are elite in the new era, and that's you know Central Florida University, and they're big. That uh, university in Tampa, uh, mm -hmm. you know, those are those, and they're winning. So it, I think those are the bulls. I think is a slogan. But anyway, you know, there's a lot to choose from. I'm surprised. I think they would take somebody from the West, though, don't you? Well, I don't know. I guess it depends geographically on where you want to go with it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, and travel would be a big deal because now you got uh, USC and UCLA going into another conference. They're going to travel 2,000 miles to go play a game. I mean, is that good for your team? No. So I think, I don't know. It, it depends on which way you want your geographic footprint to go. But it just seems like, well... You know, they say if SEC is saying, oh, Oklahoma, Texas, that's it. We're not doing any more. Well, that's what they said when they added uh, Missouri and A&M. Uh, uh, I mean, it's all about money. If somebody from Alaska had a college and they could make <laughs> and SEC could make a gazillion dollars, they'd say, hey, Tennessee, Alaska's in your division. <laughs> they don't care. Well, what it brings up. Yeah, this brings up the topic of Vanderbilt, too. You know, Vanderbilt's kind of the uh, pushover in the league, but I think yeah. they they seem to be getting better. I hope so, anyway. Well, Vanderbilt makes, you know, because when they're in the bowl games, all the whatever a team makes in a bowl game, they have mm -hmm. to split it equally with all the other SEC teams. Right. So Vanderbilt makes a lot of money off bowl games and never going to one hard. Yeah, that's true. So... All right, okay. uh, let's see, Ed, we got some complaints? We yes, got we do. We're the complaining duo. Okay, here i got a complaint here. You know, I think I think the interstates, we don't have 15 lanes of interstate. Nope. We only have, well, we have three. There's three lanes yeah, or four, maybe, three, something maybe like that. Four, if you're really okay, looking. so I think trucks should be considered for only one lane. Oh, 
And then that way, you know, they're kind of out of the way and they don't bog down everybody else. But of course, some trucks are going so fast that cars bog them down. But uh, what do you think? You know, that's an interesting topic. I think, though, I don't think you can get it down to one because you got to have them to where they can, um, uh, you know, pass one another. Pass. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know... Um, I wonder which one is, are there more trucks than cars or more cars than trucks? Well, there seem to be more cars than, or more trucks than cars not lately, but I don't know. It's, it's, uh, let's uh, see, the ratio of cars to trucks um, is like eight to five. There's, there's a little, you know, there's almost twice as many cars as there are trucks on the road. Well, you know, a truck takes up a lot more room than a car. Oh, so it, it, it yeah. beats the road up. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's, I think it would be better if trucks were limited to certain lanes, uh, and maybe it's two lanes in so they can pass each other. But it, it uh, uh, that, I'm not talking about cars can go faster and it's easier for us people driving cars. It's, that's not my issue so much as it is that, that, that truckers, they do good and they're moving America's products and everything. But it's almost like, you know, it's, if, if one gets in the wrong lane, it just takes everything out of the, the flow. You agree? I, I do agree with what you're saying. I think it depends on, well, here's the deal, Ed. If you want to be a truck driver, as long as you can drive a truck and you have a clean driving record, um, everything else doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So you may be an idiot and you drive however the hell you want to drive and you may, the other person may be very considerate and have a brain and, and unfortunately we don't have that regulated. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, uh, it, it's a tough thing but uh, you know, you and I both seen truckers that you're thinking, my God, that person's going to kill people. And then you see others that were the back of the truck will say, we don't drive over the speed limit if, you know, this truck number is number 2506. You see them speeding, call 1-800, blah, 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 blah. But you don't see it very often. But, you know, especially during the pandemic, it was important that they were moving a product. So, I don't know. Yes. So, it's a sticky situation, as they say. Each state is different. There you go. Okay. All right, Ed, I got a complaint for you. Okay. Okay. Political junkies, and, and not in the sense of people that watch politics on CNN and Fox all day long. I'm talking about people that are involved in local, state, and national politics, and you and I have met them, and <laughs> they, they think they are God's gift to the government, and they buddy up to everybody and convince them that if you don't have me on your side, there is no way you're going to win. So mm -hmm. you better stick close to me, and I know this guy and that guy, and you give me some sides, and I'll get them out there if you do this, that, and the other. And the bottom line, and, and when you're close to it, you think, oh, my God, this is important. But when you back away from it, you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, am I wrong? I think you're right. I think it's the same people. 
in each community that does this. Yeah. And it's really community oriented more so than, uh, well, I guess for me it was. And, and I, I, but thank God that there were some people who will do that because, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have had a sign up anywhere when I was running for election. <laughs> so I'm very thankful for the people who would help and volunteer, even though they're not getting anything out of it. So, Well, I'm not talking that. about the people that volunteer. I'm talking about the people that try to tell you they are the they're the people that will put you over the hump because of them, and you need to kiss their butt. <laughs> I'm not talking about the guy that says, I'll be glad to help you, Ed, wherever you need. I'm talking about the guy that says, are you, you talking? You do this for me. You I know. That. I know who. You, I know. I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, there's more than one. There's more than one. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah, I'd say you're right. All right. Um, well, I don't know. If there's an answer to that, but I think if you're running for office, be careful who you buddy up with. Yeah. You God go. bless them. Dad, right. tell everybody how they can listen to this show. All right, Bobby. Let's see. The Ed and Bob Show is available at edandbob.com. That's the best way. Download the Apple Podcast app, Spotify app, or TuneIn app, and then search Ed and Bob, and be sure to subscribe. And Alexa, in your Alexa skill settings, enable TuneIn. Tell Alexa to go to TuneIn, and she'll say, what do you want to hear? You tell her exactly this, the Ed and Bob Show. Ooh, there you go. And we love comments. Uh, we had one, um, we have them all the time. Uh, edandbob.com, we have a comment section. You can email us, edandbob at yahoo.com. We're on Twitter, social media stuff. We're social media kings, and we love it. Uh, well, Ed does. At Ed and Bob, <laughs> K-N-O-X, and at Bob Thomas, K-N-O-X on Twitter. Facebook, we're right there. Look us up. We'd love to hear from you. Any corrections, anything you'd like to apologize for, Ed? Well, I hope I didn't make too much noise with the papers on the desk. I'm going to work on this this week and see if I can get it quiet for these folks. Ooh, so, it, was, it was a little bit loud. Um, uh, any shout-outs? Anybody you want to talk to or say hey? Mickey hey, Deerstone. You remember oh, Mickey? Oh, oh yeah. Mickey Deerstone. Shoot him out there. I miss that guy. Well, I bet he got phone. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he's a great, this time of year especially because he's a great golfer. You know, he's just Ooh. a, I mean, I can, I can see him hitting that ball and just going around the course. I mean, I guarantee he's doing it every day. So, Are you a good golfer? No, 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 no. Matter of fact, I remember uh, when we would go play golf together, I would, I would always make sure somebody was calling me. That's very important. And I'd say, Mickey, go take this shot for me, would you? And uh, I've got to get on the phone here. Yeah, that's the only way I could make par. <laughs> there you go. Got a ringer, baby. Yeah. All right, Ed, let's get out of here. The next show, what is it? Next show is going to be the Ukraine, Ukraine War. How involved are we and how involved should we be? Oh, God. Well, that's a mess, isn't it? Yeah, it is. All right. Well, I look forward to that next time, Ed. Great to talk to you, and we look forward to the next show. See you then, buddy. Okay. Adios. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Sailor said, folk, ain't that a hole in the boat? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is a 
ਵਾਸਤੇ ਵੇ 